Hey everyone, as you will no doubt have noticed, uh, this episode is part one of two episodes on Valkyrie Profile that we recorded. Um, we've decided to split it up into do a two-part episode because uh, the running total for uh, the initial cut of the episode altogether is about an hour and 40 minutes. Um, and that seemed to be a bit longer than we wanted. So what we're going to do is we're going to keep episode one focused on discussion of mechanics. Um, and then episode two will be our discussion on story. So without ado, welcome to part one of two episodes on Valkyrie Profile. <coughs> okay. Um, my name is James. My name is Matt. My name is Michael. And we're, and we're talking, talking about, about games, games these days. Yay! Oh boy, the I feel like the synchronizing just gets worse. It's <laughs> tough to do. This was was um, this one of the last things that Enix did before it turned into Square? Squeenix? I think so. <laughs> Squeenix. <laughs> I feel like there couldn't have been much left after this. It was definitely right at the end of the um, sort of development cycle for the PlayStation. That's for yeah. sure. Oh yeah, and like turn of the century. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I didn't. I didn't do a lot of research this time about other games that came out around the same time, because. Um, so it looks like in 2000, there is things like Vagrant Story or Final Fantasy IX, um, also Skies of Arcadia on the Dreamcast, uh, Diablo II, and also Counter-Strike. Oh. Ah, groundbreaking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's funny, like, every time we, we do these, like, sort of older uh, retrospectives, we're always like, oh, man, can't can't believe those games came out then. Like, what a great, great year for video <laughs> right. games. Yeah, what, what if every year was a great year for video games? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is the first game in actually kind of a weird, like, series of games. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one being Valkyrie Profile. There's a sequel on the uh, PlayStation 2, which is actually a pre- kind of a prequel to this game um the third one valkyrie profile covenant of the plume which is like a 
like a Final Fantasy Tactics sort of style tactical RPG for the 3DS. And then there's Valkyrie Anatomia. Anatomia. Anatomata? The Origins. Sure. I don't know. Andromeda? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It it feels like one of those, like, like, not a real word. People thought this word sounded cool, so they made it up. (laughs) They do that. uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Which is like a weird freemium mobile game that kind of takes the, like, superficial elements of the first game and makes it the weird freemium mobile game no that's unfortunate um <laughs> my favorite kind of yeah, games and that one yeah right uh that one notably uh is lacking the involvement of triace at all okay uh, so not to be and confused we, um, with uh valkyrie chronicles which is a completely different thing yes valkyria yes. oh excuse chronicles. me excuse me <laughs> yeah incorrect <laughs> i had to double check that <laughs> yeah uh and so, uh, Tri-Ace, right before Valkyrie Profile, did Star Ocean mm-hmm. games. And actually, yeah. after it, too, I guess. Yeah, so okay. Tri-Ace started out, their first game was the first Tales game. Um, yeah. They moved on from that to do Star Ocean, and basically stuck with Star Ocean through its entire run, um, but also did Valkyrie Profile games. Yeah, it looks like they just put out another Star Ocean last year. Mm-hmm. Huh. I've not kept up um, with that series. <laughs> yeah, I, the the last one that I tried playing, which I think was on the 360, I didn't really get into. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I there's some interesting. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I think I tried playing uh, a PS2 version of Star Ocean. I can't recall which one. I think it was mm. Till the End of Time. The cover looks hmm. familiar. Yeah, that's didn't right. really get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is some kind of interesting. Uh, connective detail, uh, like DNA between it and like, like early uh, Star Ocean games and early Tales games, and this game kind of too. Uh, one of the things that I think is really interesting is a lot of times in games that Trias does, you can see them kind of messing around with like what a JRPG battle system mm-hmm. looks like and works like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like you know, Tales are notably. Uh, well known for their like side-scrolling sort yeah. of almost fighting game style battles, and Star Ocean has more of a, like a top-down isometric feel to their battles. So mm. they definitely mess around um, with it in Valkyrie Profile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though Val- yeah, Valkyrie Profile is much closer to a traditional uh, JRPG battle system, it still does interesting stuff with it. Yeah. Um, so specifically what we were playing was the, uh, what I was playing is the PSP port, uh, which is Valkyrie Profile subtitled Lenith, um, which, uh, replaces the anime cutscene, like, intro, mm-hmm. uh, that the original PlayStation game has with, uh, like, CG cutscenes, and they sort of pepper them in throughout the, uh, game as well. Um, as well as sort of doing a retouch on the script, the original script, and then um, additional voice lines were recorded with the original cast. When you say retouches, um, and then, uh, you mean like just certain lines of dialogue? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I didn't notice, like, and I don't know the original game's like dialogue well enough to be like, oh, this is, you know, something that they changed, but um, I 
the Wikipedia article mentions that they took the original script and like rewent over it and like changed some of the the translation. Okay, gotcha. Um, and then you guys both played the mobile form port, yes. right? That came out like two years ago, something like that. One year ago, yeah. Um, so I can't uh, speak as much to that, but it looks like from YouTube videos that I watched that the uh, fonts were sort of cleaned up a little bit, so they're not as pixelized. They're much more smooth. Mm. They're fa- they're fairly um, smooth. Yeah. Uh, the the ability to skip cutscenes was added. Was it? Um, Are you yeah. sure? <laughs> How do you do uh, that? <laughs> I, I don't know. The, the YouTube videos that I watched, uh, when there were cutscenes, there was just like a little button up in the like right-hand corner that says skip. Okay. All right. I don't know. This is, this is the second uh, time I've been on the show where we're doing a JRPG, <laughs> and there's like hidden settings. That I was completely unaware yeah, right. of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, did you actually uh, look to then, see if we could find cheat codes this ki- this time? Uh, there <laughs> are like there's like there are like pay to win options. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, for like triple XP and stuff. Yeah, good God. For like five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's gonna pay that? Um And they're obviously redesigned the controls and UI for uh being on the touch screen mm-hmm. uh with like a virtual D pad and stuff. And then um Another thing that I noticed is the menu is re- retouched a little bit so that um, in the original game, when you're looking at the menu, it uh, displays the battle sprites for the characters instead of the portraits. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. um, and I think in the mobile version, if I remember correctly from what I was reading, um, you can alter characters, equipment, and skills that aren't in your party. True. Whereas... In the PSP and the original version, you can't. You have to swap them into your party to be able to change any of their equipment and skills. That's a good quality of life improvement. I agree. Yeah. You can also save Um, anywhere. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Very, very useful. That's, like, incredibly necessary. (laughs) Yeah. That's cool. I wish they would they had put that in for the PSP version. That would have been nice. I'm assuming in the PSP version, you can only save at, like, those little save points like little camping areas yeah, the mem- memory crystals or whatever right, they are exactly. and then uh also on the world map I yes yeah. you can save your game yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um matt you're you talk about this matt you're playing on the uh yeah. the ios version oh yeah i got I the sh- iphone version and i have the android version yeah, so we got so all, our, all our mobile bases covered we're, here. We're covered. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about the setting next? Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty fantasy. It's pretty yeah, like Norse mythology fantasy. Yeah, yeah, I one of the things that I I think is really interesting about this game is it's that um that like it doesn't like I'm gonna say the word cultural appropriation, <laughs> but I don't mean it like 
negatively. Like it, it feels like somebody wrote Norse mythology fan fiction. Yes. Like it's it kind of does. It's that like <laughs> Western or like European setting through the lens of like Japanese sensibilities. Kind of like Dark Souls is you know interesting. <laughs> yeah, in I noticed that. Um. Well, or so, kind of the same way that there's a lot of like Square loves putting Christian mythology into their <laughs> games, but yeah. in just yeah. totally unorthodox like ways. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it feels very in line with that. <laughs> um, so it's set in like a version of like the Norse mythological setting where you have most of the action taking place in Midgard, um, which is you know the realm of humans. Um. Some of it takes place in Asgard, which is where the gods live, and then Jotunheim, okay, um, which is the home of the giants. <laughs> That's at the end of the game. Uh-huh. And there's um, there's kind of like there's you got like some fantasy races. Are there elves? There are elves. There are mermaids. Um, there mm-hmm. are mermaids. Uh, definitely like there's um, vampires. Vampires. There's vampires and undead uh-huh. and giants and harpies. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely all sorts of like fantasy monsters. Yeah, um, there's magic. For sure, um, magic. there are dwarves, but I don't think they're ever shown in the game. I think they're just like mentioned. Yeah, uh, and not much in the way of technology, really. Right? Yeah, there's. No. It's basically just like medieval technology with magic. Um, although I will say that oddly enough, one of the characters at, in the game that you get towards the end of the game has like basically a gun it's like a sweet <laughs> okay it's like a, it's like a like a like a blunderbuss or like okay. a cannon like a hand cannon kind of deal okay which is odd and kind of anachronistic <laughs> for the rest of the setting. yeah um the other thing i found kind of interesting about it is there isn't actually any representation of like viking culture nope. yeah for a, for a game that's like drawing from north mythology so like all of the most of the human society is like sort of your typical like European fantasy yeah, setting. Yeah, like old people. medieval French German full suits of armor. Right. Yeah. You know, huge castles made out of rocks and. There's like characters uh-huh. using rapiers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then also weird little bits of like like Japanese and Chinese culture. Like, oh, here's right, you know, yes. the, the shrine that's consecrated with the little flags and there's a samurai uh-huh. guy that's guarding it. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's like a, a small country to the south that's sort of like an Asian amalgam. Hylon? Yeah. That's a little... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A little bit a little bit Japanese, a little bit Chinese. Mm-hmm. There's, um, I think there's like at least one, maybe two samurai characters as well. I yeah. think you're right. I think there's mm-hmm. two. There are two. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's an interesting little uh, sort of kind of splash of everything. Right. I also noticed in like the opening story with like a couple of the main characters, when they first meet, they go and eat at a Yamato style restaurant. Right. Uh-huh. But they're, yeah, but yeah, they're yeah. in like a European medieval castle. I'm uh-huh. like, hey, yeah. Okay, all right. All right, for uh-huh. sure. Let's roll with it. Well, you know, we have Chinese restaurants, That's too. That's true. I guess, yeah. <laughs> it's spreading. It's getting popular. <laughs> yeah, and I think they specifically, in that scene, they call out, like, eating octopus and, mm-hmm. like, stuff like that. They do. Yeah. 
Um, what about so so all of it sort of takes place around one sort of island continent, and yeah. it, it, it's kind of interesting. A lot of the uh, I don't want to get into the story stuff too much right up front, but a lot of the sort of like diplomatic and political intrigue stuff that's happening kind of happens mostly in the background. Like it's mostly just a backdrop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of places mm-hmm. where people talk about like, Oh, the war in the West is this is happening, but like uh-huh. it's, it's never really makes its way into gameplay. It's kind of just set dressing. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's okay. Like, I don't, I don't think this game necessarily needs more, uh, drama like <laughs> on on the earth yeah you know like there's uh it once you get into the main like storyline of the game there's enough going on that it doesn't need like that extra yeah element uh what about uh yeah so let's let's push off story stuff until until, until the, the end, end to avoid because actually like spoilers. i know you guys didn't get as far in it I went crazy and beat it. <laughs> wow. I, I, turns out I actually love this uh-huh. game. Uh, <laughs> and like I was telling Matt, I, um, since I was playing it on an actual PSP, in fact, your PSP. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I've been, you know, like taking it to and from work with me. Oh, so nice. I've been like just putting in a half an hour, like an hour every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, eventually you're just like, oh, this game is. <laughs> how many, how yeah. many hours did you get, James? Yeah. Um, let's see. I think I was at like 35. Okay. Okay. Wow. Matt. Um, but that's, uh, I, I'm that's... just going to check real quick here. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I probably got less than 10. Uh, let me look. Do, 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 do. Uh, oh no, I'm at exactly 10 actually. Okay. Nice. I got, uh, seven. Um, yeah. I got okay. seven. What, uh, can I let's see. What chapter did you get to, Michael? Uh Do you know? I got I got like five hours in and got fairly frustrated. We will we will get to that. <laughs> but yeah. uh I yeah. kinda just I kinda just burned my way to the end and then by doing that I mm. screwed myself and I was <laughs> oh, yeah, severely yeah, under leveled. <laughs> yeah. I got to chapter four, which I think is halfway ish, okay. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's eight chapters, with the last like two being pretty short. So. Okay. So like maybe if you like sat down and really, you could do it in like. Tw- well, I guess Michael, you got to the end of the game in five hours. <laughs> uh, seven. Yeah. I just yeah. I my mean, way. I I yeah. was just gonna say this. This would probably actually be a really interesting game to speed run because I bet if you knew what you were doing, you could do it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Like, especially if you weren't doing, like, a 100% completion. Mm-hmm. I suspect there would be a fair amount of grinding necessary. Because, like I said, I, I was severely underleveled by the last chapter. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, just figuring out cheesy ways to, to get yeah. through battles you're not supposed to win yet. Yeah. <laughs> or, or just recruit people who are, like, significantly higher in level, and then just keep uh-huh. them in your party, and then just dump everybody else to Valhalla. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks like, um, just really quick, looks like on uh, speedrun.com, yes. the um, top time for Valkyrie Profile is 2 hours, 22 minutes, and 56 seconds. Is wow. that with glitches? Is that glitchless? Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is, oh, that's, I'm sorry, that's glitch CNA. Oh. Ah. 
Um, <laughs> so any any percent ending A is two hours and 22 minutes. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about, uh, should we go through sort of the, the gameplay, the basic gameplay yeah. loop? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about it. So, so I guess basically the way it's set up is gameplay is broken up into chapters. Each mm-hmm. chapter has a certain number of periods. Uh, I think it's like 24. Yeah, maybe? I think so. And each I think periods are supposed to be hours. No, that doesn't. Was it 16? It's probably almost no. more like days. Is it even maybe yeah. different depending on difficulty settings? It could be. Oh, that could be. Anyway, I know there's some <laughs> weird stuff that happens when you make it turn it on easy. Yeah. That makes the game harder, actually. Yeah, uh, which I actually think I kind of ended up running into. <laughs> oh no! Uh, so <laughs> you basically you have a set number of chapters. Within a chapter, you usually can recruit a couple of guys, explore a couple of dungeons. Uh, you only have so many sort of like moves that you can make during that chapter, uh, which are those periods. Right. So you might spend yeah. two periods investigating this city, and then you know a period in this dungeon, and then that sort of thing. Yeah, so entering dungeons takes two periods. Uh, entering cities takes one period. I think recruiting people also only takes one. Okay. That's true. And at the beginning of each chapter, uh, Freya comes to you and says, Hey, you know, Leneth, we need, we, need we need a soldier. Basically, like, a type of character with certain skills who's at a certain yeah. level mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. go fight in Valhalla for Ragnarok or whatever. Uh, so yeah. then you spend the rest of your chapter basically leveling and building one of your characters towards being a good candidate for that. And then at the end, sending it off to, to Valhalla to satisfy that requirement. When uh, um, e- when you guys were playing, does was there a way to see what the requirements were? Oh my were? god. I was writing no. mine yes, down. No, there is. There actually is. Yeah. There's a way to do it. What? Yeah. So... What what you should do is just like take a screenshot or write it down or whatever, but that's stupid. You shouldn't have to. I agree. Uh, what you can do is go back to that first dungeon where the, the tutorial sprite lady is. Okay. What? And you can ask her to remind you what Freya wants. The little fairy that's character? That's literally the stupidest yeah. thing I've oh ever my God. heard. And of course, <laughs> going into the dungeon, which is now your severely... Yeah, it, it costs time to do that. <laughs> so really, the play move is to go to the dungeon, save... Go into the dungeon, ask her, and then load uh-huh, your save game your so you don't right. waste time. <laughs> okay, it's That's awful. So bad. <laughs> uh, this this is one of what I'm sure will be a long, long list of 
very questionable design choices that okay. they yeah, made for... Yeah, what I will say, <laughs> um, kind of, in general for this game is, even though I like it a lot, I feel like there's a lot of things that they could have done in the port that they missed out on. Yeah, it feels um. supremely, I don't like, outdated. Like It does. Yeah, it, it, yeah I mean, it feels like an old PlayStation game. Yeah. You know, for better and for worse. Yeah, but James, you had you had actual buttons to use. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. I didn't have any buttons. So perhaps we should yeah, touch talk controls about are the pretty bad. controls. Yeah. Uh, how do you like playing on a cell phone, guys? Uh, it's so bad. It's awful. Yeah. Broken. Don't, just don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like like any number, all the anything you could do in the game, like running around, jumping, attacking, using crystals mm-hmm. to to make platforms or like blow them up to launch yep. yourself places. Just using yeah. ladders is is a chore. <laughs> talking uh, to people in a city. Yeah. Just talking yeah. to people. Pick stuff up out of chests. <laughs> uh, uh, that I mean, one thing I will say is the the chest interaction interface is supremely more complicated than it needs. Yeah. To be. Uh, like it's it feels astounding. Like it's punishing you. <laughs> yeah. So like with with a controller, what you need to do is open a ch- to open a chest is press down and then attack and that'll open it if you press down and attack at the same time you'll pick it up right if you press attack again you'll throw it yep (laughs) what you need to do is press cancel to drop it so because if you throw it then you break the item there's a cancel button matt did you have a cancel button uh Uh, jump i think okay i kept Uh, breaking everything (laughs) i know it's awful terrible And like, like I, okay. So one of the one of the sort of navigation concepts this game has is as you're walking along a 2D plane, you can press mm-hmm. up or down to go like further into the background or closer into yeah. the foreground to like move to the next area. Uh-huh. And I mm-hmm. feel like I I just over and over and over accidentally did that using the touch controls. Yep. Because oh, yeah. it's so hard to tell like like what one direction. Like to, like, to use the, the touch controls to just go in one direction, it usually ends mm-hmm. up being, like, a little bit of, like, wiggle on diagonal. Mm-hmm. It's like you think you're holding right, <laughs> but really you're pressing, like, right and up and down and up and down a little bit. So, like, every uh-huh. little doorway I went past, Valkyrie would just turn and go into it. And then, like, <laughs> sometimes there's ones that line up. So once you get to, like, a four-way oh, intersection, no. you're going from left to right. You could press up to uh-huh. go to the background, down to go to the foreground. And I just keep like hitting the wrong one, and then she walks up, and I have to wait for that animation, and then I have to walk her back down, and then as soon as I get to that map, it walks me back up again. Yeah, uh, huh. <laughs> uh, it's awful. I will say with those um, doorways and extra paths, um, sometimes the uh, like zone that you have to be in for that to like that contextual thing to trigger is kind of wonky. Yeah, like there's a very specific. And it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't too hard to hit with the, the D-pad, but I assume with with the uh, virtual D-pad, it was nearly impossible. <laughs> um, one of the things that I think is really weird about this game is, like, how underbaked the platforming feels in it. Yeah. For being, like, a kind of big part yeah. of the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, your movement is really like slippery and imprecise in a way that's very frustrating mm-hmm. uh there's a there's like a declination between walking which is like too slow to actually do anything right. and running which is like kind of too fast in like the acceleration yeah 
to make really precise like your character is almost too big for the screen so when you're running (laughs) by the time you actually see something that you need to jump over or avoid it's too late yeah Mm -hmm. you already fell yeah or like there so one of the as you see monsters walking around in the world you can attack them with your sword to sort Mm -hmm. of like get the advantage on the initial attack but if you're running left to right again like you don't have any time to like stop Mm -hmm. and use your sword you're running so fast you're already in battle with them yeah yeah uh, um, yeah, the the platforming is torturous. Well, it's I, interesting. Yeah. So, go ahead, Matt. They they provide you with like you can you can do your your little crystal ability where you shoot out a projectile. If it hits a wall right. or a floor, it grows a crystal there. If you shoot uh-huh. a crystal for a second time, it gets bigger, and you can step yeah. on crystals as platforms. You can mm-hmm. also hit it a third time with the crystal to make it like burst, mm-hmm. which yeah. will like pop you up or away from the crystal. So you can kind of mm-hmm. kind of do some like long jump shenanigans with that sort of like boosting right. kind of stuff. Yeah, and it, in fact, like I want to say in that first dungeon, there's a couple of sort of little puzzly areas where you have to use crystals to like climb up a wall to a high platform mm-hmm. to get a treasure, or like to yeah. pop yourself across a large gap to get a treasure or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, which which was bad. I mean, because of the controls, like mm-hmm. that was that was really <laughs> a lot of trouble to do. And then I don't think it ever asked me to do it again. Like, do you remember any other dungeons that have that kind of like puzzle platformy stuff? Yes, there are. They're not. Okay. <laughs> uh, they're not very frequent, but they do show up again. Uh, um, it just felt really weird for him to like to show that to you right out the gate. And then I don't know. Like in my experience, the next like six dungeons maybe I had to go through had no element to that. Mm-hmm. There was a point maybe like six hours in for me where. I got to the bottom of like a cavern, and I thought I was legitimately uh-huh. stuck, because I could I, <laughs> I couldn't do the long jump to get back out. Oh, yeah. but like I did it on uh. accident, complete accident. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. The, yeah. The platforming is just bad. It like a lot of things in this game. It's it seems like there's some really cool ideas there. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just not sure why they didn't put the effort into actually making it an enjoyable process. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about the, what about the UI? How does, how does all the heads up stuff look? Um, I feel like that's, that's something that really could have used some updates for mobile. And I, yeah. I realized that they did actually update something, <laughs> but it wasn't good enough. <laughs> yeah, uh, I still feel like there is a lot of really bad practice in this game of sort of like hiding systems from the player. No, I agree yeah. absolutely. Uh, so like you, you have like four stats, four or five stats on your weapon, maybe mm-hmm. that really don't get any explanation beyond. Yeah. Hey, Matt, do you know what attack trust is? Or hit no, trust? No, what's the difference between what? attack what? trust and hit trust? <laughs> I don't know. What are those two words together I mean? I just don't know. <laughs> when, you're, uh, when you're leveling your character's traits in order to send them to Valhalla, and you yeah. like you could like press and hold on Android to get a description of what that actually does, some, uh-huh. of, them, some uh-huh. of them actually say the exact same as the name. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. the leadership. <laughs> the leadership trait means leadership. Yeah, and I was like, great. <laughs> what does that mean? What is? What am yeah. I doing? 
right? Yeah. There's a there's items in the game that increase your luck, but I could not. Uh, what does luck do? Is that critical hits? Is that treasure chance? Is that I don't I, like think what? there are critical hits. I think it's item drops. Okay. And maybe the chance to get like XP crystals or the fire gems. Yeah. There's there's a lot of little things like that where it seems like the this is kind of getting into the RPG system uh, section of the discussion, but there there are a lot of things. I mean, there's like your equipment, there's your skills, there's your traits, there's your abilities, there's like how you what order you do your attacks and how you time them, yeah, and how you mm-hmm. combine with it. Like there's there's spells that you can use your default spell for your caster versus the one that you can have them Cast just use if they want to the they can only yeah. learn so many so you have to like mm-hmm. go over that whole thing like there's a lot of stuff going on uh yeah. it just it feels very difficult to to get a, a a like a i don't know like a far up view of how all the stuff fits together yeah yeah it definitely it doesn't do a very good job of explaining what you're looking at like if you know what the things mean then like the information it gives you is usually pretty helpful, but it doesn't always explain what that is in the first place. Right. Well, um, when I was again when I was leveling up my character's traits, I was playing on the easy difficulty, which we'll get to the differences mm-hmm. between different difficulties. Yeah. But like yeah. I was given way too many points in order to level up my yeah. character's traits and abilities. And there's no way Ooh. to like level up traits in more than one go. So every no. character, every character <laughs> has like ten traits or eight traits, and I had to like manually level them up one by one. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it yeah, took yeah. so is... long. It reminded me of yeah. like drawing magic in Final Fantasy VIII, like a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's just a chore. <laughs> you just like tap, 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 tap. tap yeah, because it's tap. it's three button presses uh-huh. to raise yourself <laughs> one level, yep. and then you have to do that over you know ten traits with ten levels each or whatever. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, probably probably easier for you, James, because you only have to press one button, whereas... It's just, yeah, just just mash the X button right? until it's full. Uh, <laughs> whereas we actually have to, like, click on different parts of the screen with our finger, which uh-huh. is, you know, just mm-hmm. slightly more... It's, yeah, it's extra work yeah. that you shouldn't have to do. Especially in a game mm-hmm. like that, where it seems like, very commonly, I would be raising maybe either every stat by one, or maybe, like... I'd be dumping all my points into one stat and then all my points in the next right. stat. Like that seems like a common use case. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that they yeah. don't provide for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would think that generally, unless you're interacting with the people that you're keeping as your main party, mm-hmm. like you're only upping traits in large batches. So right. You can send people off. Yeah. Can we, can we talk about how there's no stores or like I didn't come across any yeah. stores? There aren't. You're I right. Was, I was um, spending more time in like the literal menus than actually playing the game. <laughs> it felt like. Yeah, there's, there's kind of like a very. I feel like this is another one of those things where the the whole divine item materialization system mm-hmm. uh, is interesting, but they just don't do a very good job of implementing it. Explaining. Yeah, it. like like I like the idea yeah. that okay, so every chapter, depending on how you did on the last chapter you get mm-hmm. a certain amount of points mm-hmm. to spend basically requisitioning items from Valhalla to, to equip yeah. or whatever. Uh, and you can also use points to transmute items from one state to another. You can also mm-hmm. 
quote-unquote sell items to turn them back into points that you right, can respend. You can, you can materialize so, like items out of points. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and you usually have like each each chapter you go through, you get a new like tier of of like equipment, equipment right. basically. So you can yeah. be like, oh, you, you know, do you want the the weak crossbow or like the sort of okay crossbow or like the interesting crossbow <laughs> or like the really uh -huh. expensive, maybe really good crossbow? Right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so that that is your only source of getting provisions. Like there are no shops right. in the world. Uh, and you can do that whenever you are at a save point mm -hmm. or also whenever you're on the world map. Yeah. yeah. Which I didn't find to be fun. Yeah. It's Ooh. not fun to just look at stats and then just equipping my characters. And then when you yeah. when you're in the menu and you're going to like create an item, there's no way to look at its new stats to compare yeah. it to what you have. Yeah. Yeah. This is that that weird issue where like JRPGs have inconsistently solved this problem multiple times and for some reason <laughs> it's never become a standard. Right. Like there's no you selected an item and we're going to show you all of the characters that can equip that item and how that changes mm -hmm. them. Yeah. There's no like trying on an item, which I think is kind of the best form of that idea. Mm -hmm. There's nothing. It's just looking at the actual like numbers, assuming that something that's more expensive than something that's less expensive yeah. is the better thing to get. Yeah. And then maybe you're looking at like if it can break and how many attacks it gets. Right. Maybe elemental affinity, but that's sort of all over the place too. Yeah. And the, actually the, the equipment types is a really good point too. Uh, you, because equipment is pretty important for your stats. Yeah. Uh, and when you're looking at a menu that just says you can have a, I assume it's pronounced Sale, the helmet, Sa right? Salet. I oh, yeah. always say Salet. Yeah, me, me too. Head, but I'm sure that's right. S-A-L-L-E-T. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, you could get yeah. a regular Salet. You could get a silver Salet. Uh -huh. What does that mean? Who can wear? Not everybody could wear them. You don't know who can right, wear them right. or not until you get one and try to give it to people. Or like there's there's one character that could wear leather boots and greaves, mm -hmm. but not silver greaves. Yeah. Okay. Everybody else could upgrade from greaves to silver greaves, but not this character. Why? Who knows? There's there's <laughs> also uh, gender specific. Equipment. Oh my god! Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, and oh, you're a and, girl. Put a tiara uh, on your head. <laughs> <laughs> and Valkyrie has her. Lenith has her own section of armors yeah. and um, helmets that only she can equip. Right, which, by the way, when you're looking at the items that you can materialize, you can materialize multiples of them, but it's mm -hmm. limited. So you can say, okay, you can get like yeah. 10 of this item. You can mm -hmm. get multiples of Lenneth's equipment, even though she's n you're not going to share with anyone. Yep. She only needs one suit of armor, but you can make 10 of yeah. them. Why does it even let you do that? <laughs> Yeah, and then, I mean, again, getting into the sort of mysteriousness of, like, the the things that the equipment does, like, oftentimes there will be, oh, this is a, this is a chest piece that has 50 defense, but, um, like, three hit trust. Yeah. And then here's a chest piece that has, like, 20 hit trust, but zero defense. Like, I what, don't know what that means. Yeah. What does how that mean? How can like, you make what, a tactical decision I, there? <laughs> right, right. What's important? 
there's also weird sometimes there are weapons that are almost exactly the same as each other like, like there's there a couple of cro- yeah there's a couple crossbows that had like it, it seemed like almost the exact same numbers they cost the same number of points to materialize mm-hmm. and i i eventually figured out the only difference between them is which like attack step they attack on okay which we might have to kind of explain a little bit too yeah i think we can hit that once we get into the actual system okay um james you mentioned uh uh, gender specific uh armor sets there's also Mm -hmm. like strangely specific uh traits available to certain characters based on their gender or even their 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 character background like Mm -hmm. some of the Mm -hmm. female characters have like loves her dad as a trait yeah right (laughs) like it's Um, a positive trait you want to you want to bump you want to bump that love up for the dad uh, yeah, Janice, right. Janice loves or, both of his parents. Yeah, it's, that's um, <laughs> uh, being being the, pretty is that... uh, it's another woman trait. Uh-huh. Got to up those pretty uh-huh. pretty points. Get prettier. <laughs> um, for like flirtatious is I think also a positive trait. Uh-huh. Um, even for like I it's it's on characters who aren't like flirtatious. Yeah, yeah, which is weird. It's bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's definitely um, some some gender stereotypes going on in this game, for sure. Yeah. And I'm not sure... So, other than those meeting Lenneth's... Or uh, uh, Freya's weird little puzzly requirements for, for Ein Harriar, uh, mm-hmm. what it doesn't have any other effect on the game, right? Like, it's not like making so, him less vain or more romantic <laughs> is no. going to change anything, right? No, so traits only directly affect their hero value, yeah. which uh, goes towards Freya's requirements. Their skills, do. there are some of them that are specifically for those requirements as well, and then some of them that alter stats. Yeah, but they're all lumped in so together, like att- which is weird. Yeah, things like attack power, uh, fight, um, find traps, I think is one of them. Anyway, they... There are things that are alter specific, like agility or intelligence or uh, strength or yeah. survivability. I think survival increases yeah. your, your your divine materialization yeah. energy. <laughs> yeah, DME, DME by like a percentage. But it, but it seems like yeah. most of them just did not directly affect gameplay. They were just like working towards getting yeah. this number yeah. high enough to meet requirements. Yeah. Yeah. So the the only ones that I really noticed uh, had a big effect were like intelligence on spell casters anything that bumps your intelligence is pretty important um and then the ones that'll bump your uh health points and like attack yeah like fight and survival fight and survival and then uh later on you get a skill that's just called attack power okay or something like that um but yeah Yeah. Uh, it is that weird thing where like i don't know like if i have a character and I can invest like ten points into bumping their intelligence by two, or like, and then like putting this skill up, or like investing that into bumping. Like, what's the difference between two intelligence more and like two agility more? Yeah. yeah. Like, what's, yeah. what's that going to mean for the character? Nothing. Yeah, and there really there isn't. Yeah, there isn't a good way to make an informed decision about that, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or there also doesn't seem like there's a lot of nuance to it. Like, 
do warrior characters ever need more intelligence? Nope. No. Nope. As far as I know, intelligence only in affects <laughs> uh, magic. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. At least, at least in games, uh, I'm I'm just gonna do another shout out to Diablo three as being like the best example of a game that actually shows you all the math that it's doing for all of your stats. Yeah. So you always know exactly when you put points into things, what effect mm -hmm. it's going to have on your, your DPS or your, mm -hmm. you know, your health or whatever. Uh, yeah. At least, at least in that sort of case, you could be uh, confident in the decisions you were mm -hmm. making about your stats. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Valkyrie did not do that. No, unfortunately. Um, I did kind of peek through the menu uh, for the like the actual like got like menu that would have come through with the game for the original PlayStation yeah. version and to their credit they do explain like all of the stats in that oh. except for attack trust <laughs> and hit trust. Okay. of course we still don't know what those mean Mysteries. But, uh, very nebulous but, like all the stats like yeah yeah attack defense uh, strength all of those are explained mm. in the manual oh which I mean, you know, would have been more common for the time. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, there is a little bit of tutorialization in the game, but it's pretty sparse. And I feel it like it, it like. doesn't quite tell you some of the most important things. Mm -hmm. Well, you have to go talk uh, to the little fairy character in yeah, the one dungeon, <laughs> right? At the very beginning. <laughs> yeah. That you can always waste your time going back to if you want to. Right. <laughs> right. I honestly, like, as soon as I left that dungeon, I forgot it. Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't. Uh, yeah, even if, if Freya just could have said, like, oh, and if you forget any of this stuff, stuff, go talk to the sprite that's in that first dungeon. Or don't even, like, go to the dungeon. Or, like, yeah, just... here's a menu in your menu. Right. Here's a codex. Right. Yeah. Like, look it up if you need reminders. I know. Just think if there was another screen <laughs> where you could see Freya's requirements and then a list of all your characters ranked by how closely they match that. And you could be like, oh, yeah. like this person is really close to being a good candidate. They just need to have more leadership skill. Like, yeah, that would be true. so great and so easy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they did not do that. There's, <laughs> there's even like, uh, there's like, so a mix of like skill requirements and like trait requirements. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you really have to like sift through everyone that you have. Yeah. To, and, and that means like doing 10 minutes in the menu system which is not like terrible but it's not actually what i want to be doing it's not game. fun like, i don't want to yeah like <laughs> yeah switch out three people in my party switch in three people like go to the menu look at their traits be like oh does this person have anything i need no next person mm -hmm. like you know that's it's just not interesting <laughs> i do kind of wonder too so the the whole system of picking someone to send to valhalla uh mm -hmm. I don't understand why they don't just make that another part of the chapter, like step. So like at the end yeah. of the chapter, it says, Hey, who do you want to send this time? And then you get to pick instead. You have to manually choose it sometime during the chapter and you can't do it while you're in a dungeon, which means that if you have one period left to spend, let's say, and then you go mm -hmm. into a dungeon and then you leave the dungeon the chapter immediately ends without you ever having had a chance to send someone. Right. Yeah. Which, which is just silly. Like it's, it doesn't, it doesn't warn you that that's going to happen. It doesn't remind you that you need to send someone. 
it could yeah, have been like actually, a formal part of the game. You and what's funny is for the first chapter, I don't think Freya ever tells you that you like requirements or that she wants you to send she doesn't someone to her but you can like you can transfer a person yeah like there's no she, she there's doesn't no tell you for that in zero i don't, I don't think, think so okay so i okay I all right real quick so james <laughs> you you mentioned uh like kind of a lack of tutorial right i was like i was like yeah. five hours in before i realized <laughs> that i had to remove people from my party in order for in order oh, for yeah. them to count towards you know the the war that we're fighting or whatever the plot is uh, yeah so i was like oh i'll just yeah. level up these characters <laughs> or i'll just like pick my favorite four that i can use kind of like sudikin style but right. you mm-hmm. can't do that and win the game you have to send <laughs> no. people to go help with the war effort yes and yeah. uh and actually there's there's more to that that we can touch on when we're talking about the story. <laughs> All right, I thought but, I was just slow. But yes, that is no. All right, you're, you're, the no, basic the like is idea <laughs> is you'll get two or three more characters per right. chapter. Um, out of the characters you have, one of those characters will meet at least a majority of the requirements. You send one or two characters, and then keep sort of a core. Party. Yeah. yeah that you maybe rotate people in and out of if you like a particular character's uh, like move set or uh, special move better. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the idea is that you do sort of keep sending people off. Every I chapter. was completely unaware of this until several hours in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous that it's like a core game mechanic required to win, and yet it allows you to get yourself into a state where you can't win because right. it hasn't been making you do the mechanic. <laughs> right. Yeah. One more thing before like we get into story stuff. Uh, I was also unaware that like the main character, Leneth has to do her little world map search in order to find new people. Oh, oh yeah. So mm. I left the first dungeon and I literally went everywhere on the map <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and there is yeah. nothing to do. There's no, right. there's no mm. stores to like, find new weapons or items there's no there's no you can find dungeons but that's not really what i was looking for mm-hmm. i couldn't the dungeons that you've already found too like there's correct new there yeah. correct and right. i couldn't find anybody to interact with there's no plot unless yeah. she, she does her little search deal yeah her uh-huh. soul connections yeah right mm-hmm. which again why doesn't that happen automatically? I like, don't why know. Why do you have to... You can't progress the game unless you do that action. There's no... It doesn't take any time for it to happen. So why, when you wrap up one objective, don't you automatically search for the next one? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, like, the way they have it set up gives you a little bit more choice in how you want, like, a particular chapter to flow. So... For instance, like, my heuristic was to, like, do all of the uh, focus events at the beginning of the chapter, and then I could go around and do all of the dungeons, Mm -hmm. and then I'd have a couple periods at the very end to do whatever I wanted. Yeah, same here. But I feel like what they actually, like, the way that it's presented to you is get a character, find a dungeon, get a character, find a dungeon, Mm -hmm. and then you have your extra periods at the end. So, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and it's weird. It, it 
it doesn't ever tell you the thing that I think I complained to James about too is that uh, you only you only have so many places you can visit in a chapter because of those periods that mm-hmm. you're spending. Yeah. But there is less to do in the chapter than the periods you yeah. are allotted. So you might yeah. find two people to pick up for your party, find two dungeons to go through, and then still have ten periods left mm-hmm. that you actually can't. There's nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and if you I. Once you pointed it out, I I didn't notice it earlier, but the the rest uh, feature that they have from the main menu on the world map, you can rest mm-hmm. until the end of the chapter. Yeah, and that's literally yeah. all there is left to do. I did that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think so. What I was telling Matt about this, and again, like I didn't really have this issue, uh, so I don't know. Maybe if you if you weren't like as good at the game, it would be more of a problem. But like instead of um when you get your party wiped in a dungeon instead of like going to a game over screen it'll just kick you back out to the main menu and that or the not the main menu but the world yeah. map yeah. um and that'll still consume the periods that you spend being in the right, dungeon right so maybe if you were in like a particularly difficult dungeon it would take you more time to get through or um the other thing that, again, it doesn't really talk about, but you can do is um, you can go back to cities that you grabbed people mm-hmm. from, and oftentimes there are unique events. I had there that happen that a couple times. Them that'll, yeah. Yeah. That'll give you items or things sort of like related to them. Right. So yeah. that's, that's another way to spend extra periods. But how would you um, know which characters have more story bits in which cities? You wouldn't. Yeah, like you just have to, it like, seems. Try it, it seems like the pattern usually is, and you wouldn't. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't know because it never tells you. But mm-hmm. the only sort of pattern that I could notice was that after you go to a city to pick up a person, usually you can go straight back to that city again to mm-hmm. like either their house or like the place where the the scene took place or uh-huh. something yeah. to pick up a new item. And then once you did that, you were done with that city. And with uh-huh. them, <laughs> I think I think for the um, for the focusing the um, bit of it, I wish what they did is they treated everything like they do dungeons. So dungeons don't exist on the world map, with a couple of exceptions, until you discover mm-hmm. them. Uh, which means that you don't, you can't like it doesn't look like there's a lot of things to do, but there isn't. Right. Whereas cities are all marked on the world map at the beginning of the game. But for the most part, there's nothing to do in them. Yeah. So if you only discovered cities as there were relevant Einherjar in them, then it would be a lot less confusing, I think, in terms of what you're supposed to do. Yeah, didn't we? We sort of had the same issue with uh, Final Fantasy X2, right? Yeah, Yeah. actually, I was just thinking about that. (laughs) go all over the world, but there's nothing to do. um, (laughs) Kind of... Similarly. It really, it really, with, where it really, oh, uh, I was going to say, like, similarly, uh, <laughs> big, big empty areas with, like, yeah. maybe there's enemies to fight, maybe not. There's definitely no treasure chest. There's no one to talk to. Right. But you could spend 10 minutes running around in it. Yeah. It really bummed me out that, like, after the opening first story bit, they open you to, like, the world map. And I was like, oh, cool. I can literally play the game in whichever order I want, finding people and discovering them. But, like, yeah. it's all mm-hmm. randomized, I'm assuming. Do you find certain characters in 
certain orders because I went to this. Sort I discovered of. four people in one city in a row. I went back uh-huh, to the same yeah. city, the the High Lawn oh, Samurai City, four times. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I can't actually I can't actually go there and do anything. I can go right. there and watch the five minute story uh, about each character. Because there's no yeah. there's nobody to talk to. There's no stores. There's no there's yeah. nothing. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. really not even sure why the cities exist. Honestly, there's there's no use for them outside of those particular story chunks, and once you're done with the chunk, it it stops being useful to go to the city anymore again. Yeah, you know. What I will say is, um, they uh, if you were a person that was interested in the setting or like the lore yeah. of the game, um, it does they do a pretty good job of feeling like uh, there's a progression of time throughout the game so like characters will mention oh did you hear about that you know thing that happened mm-hmm. which was just the like scene you watched or yeah. they will make reference to other characters that you'll meet later on in the game mm-hmm. um, but there's not like a really a mechanical benefit again other than getting those extra bonus scenes right. Right. Um, and items yeah um, what I have learned through my research is essentially for the first like four or five chapters, there's a handful of characters that you get in a random order. Um, that's partially dependent on your difficulty mm-hmm. choice, and then it just other otherwise uh, randomizes them after that. So, did either of you guys get um, what is his name? Belenis. Yes, the, um, I did. Black black shirted fencer uh-huh. guy. I didn't get him at all oh, okay. in my playthrough. He just didn't show up. You yeah. Know? So there's stuff like that. There's a couple of, like, there's, I think, one or two per chapter that are required Mm -hmm. that you get. um, And then the rest of them are just sort of randomized and sprinkled throughout. And do you know, are Freya's requirements fixed per chapter? They are fixed. Yeah. Okay. They're the same. So you'll always get, you'll never be left in a situation where you don't have a character who could possibly meet her requirements. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the only other two real quick points on like RPG system type stuff uh, would be we're, we kind of mentioned this already with the equipment, but you can pick up uh, magic tomes and ability tomes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. those are use items that either teach a spell to a character or mm-hmm. teach a ability to all characters yeah, but I, not just like teach that ability. It makes the ability available for them to learn. I yeah, did not it find these. A skill. Uh, oh, do you really? create them, yeah, I, or do you find them? No, you usually uh, find them in treasure chests. No, nope. Yeah, battles. find them in. Treasure I did not chests. find any. Uh, Weird. Huh. Huh. Well, I'm. I'm surprised and not surprised. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I feel like I made it through the first couple chapters before I realized that those were use items like they were just sitting in my inventory doing nothing because I, there's no yeah. it didn't ever tell me that I had actually picked up a new spell yeah <laughs> well so yeah the the un, like if you go into the description of the books and this is something sure. that I learned part part of the way through the might play through as well is like it'll either tell you this will this is a magic spell X or this will 
teach the skill X. Right. And and that's sort of the difference. But just by looking at it, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And the other kind of tricky part is that, so not only, okay, so you can equip different equipment. You can mm-hmm. change people's level in different skills and traits. Mm-hmm. You can also yes. learn different skills that you can equip, essentially. That yeah, you have there like, are like... like four different slots to equip skills into. And those are pulled from different categories of skills oh, that are only made right. available to you based on your class. And mm-hmm. you don't know when you get a new ability. Like, let's say you learn the slanting rain ability. Mm-hmm. You don't know if that is a support, an attack, or a defense skill. And you don't True. know what class of characters can learn it. So it's possible yeah. that you can learn a skill and then go through every one of your guys' ability menus and never see that skill show up. Because you don't True. have anyone that meets the requirements for it, and it doesn't tell you. There were there were times where I had no attack or support skills. Like I just, yeah. I just had a party full of people that didn't have any support skills. Right. Yeah. And the, yeah, especially like early on. But if you're not finding those uh, those ability tomes, then yeah, you just never get any more of them. Yeah. If you use a if you use yeah. a tome before new characters join your party, can they not learn them? They no, do. They, no, it's it's part it's uh, party knowledge. It just like unlocks okay. it for when you learn a skill, <laughs> it unlocks it for. Why everyone. wouldn't you? Yeah. Which I actually think is like a really good choice. Oh yeah, no, I think it's instead a instead of being it person by person. It's like again, it's a, it's a cool idea. They just did a bad job of like presenting it. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you guys notice that when you do your soul connection to like search the world? Sometimes it takes five seconds, and sometimes it takes up to 45 seconds. No. Well, so, I mean, are you talking about just in terms of, like, the animation? Yep. Or, oh. um, so, like, there's there's two different, like, flavors of that, <laughs> right? There's the, um, you're connecting with uh, Ein Harriar, which gives you, like, little dialogue snippets of, like, their story scene. Right. And then there's the one where you're just, like, finding a dungeon. Right. Which just does, like, a simplified version of that animation and then, like, points it out in the map. Oh, yeah. Wait, Michael. Did you have your sound on? Mm, what do you mean? Like, did you did you have audio oh. for the for the game? Well, yeah. during those I mean, I was that list- were taking a long okay, time. Okay, so I was listening oh, okay. to it, but, I mean, we'll get into the audio section of the game. <laughs> yeah. But I had to turn off the voice acting. Oh, ah, that's it. So, okay. so during that time, yeah. it's playing voice clips. Oh, yeah, <laughs> playing voice clips from okay. the story. Well, segments. yeah, that's like a little preview. All right, <laughs> cool. So that's yeah, that's why they were taking long. Yeah, because I couldn't figure out why. I thought it was like a, like a glitch, like it was just loading to find the next area. Yeah, <laughs> but oh, there was like there's no there's no text on the screen, so I just yeah. figured she's spinning right. and music is playing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, it's it's not skippable. Okay. No matter what that thing you read said. All right. <laughs> that part might not be skippable. I don't know about that. Yeah. I I definitely know. I've seen YouTube videos with like the like the opening cutscene, which is like probably the only one I actually care about. Yeah. Skipping, yeah. Because it's significantly long, uh, with like a skip button. Hmm. I definitely had to watch the the high vampire boss give his whole spiel a few times just because I can't oh. get through it. <laughs> yeah. When you say the opening cutscene, are you just talking about like the first hour of the game where you don't do anything? 
Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, the part where you wake up yep. and then you walk through Valhalla and yep. watch the credits mm-hmm. and then you just stand around and chat with uh, Odin and Freya before like the game. Well, started. the game doesn't even start right after that. Then we meet uh, the the Arngrim character. Oh yeah, I guess. And then right. he talks to yeah, his brother section. who draws and I'm not doing <laughs> uh-huh. anything. And then there's a fight and then we're in the dungeon and now I can uh-huh. save. Yeah. That's like an hour yeah. in. Yeah. It's crazy how yeah. story heavy it is in the beginning. Uh-huh. Should we transition into the story section of the game? I just want to... I, d- I don't think we really went over how the battle system works. Oh, yet, and yeah. And that's one of the more oh, unique yeah, sure. elements of it. Um, so yeah. you have your party uh, sort of formed up in a like a diamond formation. Uh, the front three uh, members of that... Uh, diamond are considered in the front row the last person being in the back row um, the enemies are sort of set up in a similar way um, melee characters can only attack from the front row ranged characters and sorcerers can attack from the back row um, but the really kind of interesting and unique part about it is that each character can have up to three attacks um, they're that diamond kind of translates to it to the face buttons of a controller so like on the playstation or the psp it's the um x squared triangle circle and pressing each of those buttons activates one of three attacks and what attacks are available to them is uh dependent on what weapons they have equipped um, if you look yeah. at a, mm-hmm. a, a weapon, it'll show you which attacks um, in in that group of three are available to them. And those are all unique um, to each individual character. Um, <laughs> as well as having kind of an interesting combo system where if you build up enough hits on a single enemy, you can activate uh, special attacks, which do more damage obviously and then also kind of build up a separate combo media meter and as long as you keep hitting certain hit benchmarks uh, so you keep moving that combo meter up in circuit certain increments you can activate more and more combos until you've gone through all of the characters and they don't so they don't take turns no. attacking they all sort of attack One turn. simultaneously mm-hmm. yeah. and are triggered manually yeah. so once you tell a character to start their attack animation, that plays out however long it takes. Let's say it's like a three-second animation and their sword hits them at two mm-hmm. seconds, right? You can trigger another character to do yeah. their animation. And they they all sort of like line up however they line up according to how you timed triggering them, which has sort of an interesting side effect where you could have one character that knocks the enemy up into the air and then another character that like shoots yeah. them in the air. So that that would be like best case. Worst case, you knock them up into the air, and then the other character tries to like slide kick them and misses because right. they're up in it, the air. So you do have to sort of figure out the the best sort of timing to juggle your mm-hmm. attacks around. Which is um, kind of a fun it does, process. It does feel like a like a what's the low low bar to entry but high like skill ceiling kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, which I I appreciated and actually like becomes sort of necessary as you get later and later in the game especially 
um, on higher difficulties, it really expects you to engage with that um, system a lot more. Um, especially, yeah. There, I mean, there are like regular enemies that you can't even <laughs> really do much damage to unless you understand how to yeah. do those combos. Did you guys? I I found that mage ca- characters were stronger than melee. Oh yeah, like almost, almost, almost like uniform, oh yeah, definitely yeah. night and day. Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm I had like a party of mostly mages. I think I had Yolanda, and then uh, I forget the other characters' names, and I was just like mowing down dudes until I couldn't. Yeah. So the. Uh, the trick with mages is because they are so much stronger, um, they're balanced out in terms of they can't attack every turn. Uh, so mm-hmm. there's a there's a like a I don't know if it's a count countdown timer CT whatever that stands for um, with <laughs> yeah. normal charge um, like melee or ranged characters um, that only activates for them if they do their special move. With mages, mm-hmm. um, it's always active. So as soon as they cast a spell, um, there'll be like a cooldown timer in between when they can cast again. And that can be mitigated right. with items. Um, and you also can knock what are called fire gems out of enemies by, I think, uh, I think they're slightly luck based. And then it seems like also if you were doing a good job of like juggling or getting multiple hits yeah. in. Um, it would knock them out um, and like allow allow you to cast again next turn. There's also a, mm-hmm. a, a delineation between attacking f- with a mage from the like main battle screen or opening up the menu and manually casting a spell. Um, a I lo- was doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of the time. Uh, attack spells have like come in two different flavors so for every elemental attack spell uh there's like a hit everybody version and a hit one person version but if you're just attacking from the main battle screen it's only targeting one person whereas if you cast it from the actual cast menu it'll have that option for like attacking one person or attacking multiple people right um and the really the only the only downside to using a spell from the menu screen as opposed to as an attack is it doesn't doesn't play into that right. combo system. It does not. Yeah. Um, so like later on the in the game, um, I was finding that I would have to uh, like cast a spell and then make sure my characters melee characters were getting enough like fire gems out of the person to make sure they could take a turn again next turn. Mm-hmm. Or um, what you could do is, like, if they still had some count time, countdown timer, by the time the next turn rolls around, you can hit the fire gems out of the per- people, and then, before your turn ends, cast a spell. Because their timer refreshes. And they haven't taken a turn yet. I never really... I didn't feel like I could get the gems to come out reliable enough to... To make that into there, a strategy. There's a couple of characters I found that were particularly good at it. Um, so Valkyrie, okay. if she's using a bow, um, her third um, attack that looks kind of like a helix pattern uh, seemed to mm-hmm. be able to knock gems out of people pretty reliably. There was another... Oh, Lucian. Um, his, one of his combo hits 
um, does a really good job of it too. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to talk about really quickly, which I think we can toss also onto the pile of maybe interesting idea not well implemented, is uh, weapon durability. Um, yeah. So <laughs> Michael's making yeah. a face. Um, <laughs> I didn't even notice. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so sub-weapons have a percentage chance to break. Um, some of them? Some Only of some? them. Only some of them. Okay. Um, All right. Usually, usually like the stronger ones, right? Like generally, the speaking, ones that Odin gives you. No, uh, they're no. usually ones that you either find in chests or get from enemies. Um, okay. If you yeah. pop up their like full description in the in the item screen, it'll say like ten percent chance to break or something. Um, there's also a line of swords that are like specifically f- for killing types of enemies. Um, like the dragon killer sword, um, which is like one of the only ways that you can kill dragons, uh, pretty <laughs> much in the game, uh, has like a thirty percent chance of breaking or whatever. Is that every time you use it, or is it per battle, or it's per combo? So I guess okay. yeah, every time you use it, but it only breaks at the end of the combo, not like every hit you make, but every yeah. like distinct action piece that you do in that turn if that makes sense okay yeah <laughs> uh um, and when it does break can you tell that it is broken it does an animation but it's really easy to miss okay i i definitely missed it every yeah. time it happened <laughs> well oh. so the problem uh uh there's a a system for mages that instead of having unique uh like purify weird soul which is the special move uh, that is unique to them as a mage. They have it unique to the spell that they're using. Um, so they can either cast like three copies of one spell or do what, what's called like grand sorcery or like grand magic or whatever, which is like a, the special like version of that spell. Um, yeah. those are often like sort of big, flashy, almost like Final Fantasy summoning style animations. But the problem with that is, uh, most of the ways that you get those attacks to be available, because this is another system that they don't tell you about, <laughs> that you can activate that per, like, based on what scepter you're using. Um, oh. A lot of the ones that are available to do those higher damage attacks are breakable. Um, oh. And <laughs> <laughs> since they're big flashy oh, animations, you miss the breaking animation oh, gotcha. because it happens at the tail end of that. So you're saying that spells can break? Not spells, but the equipment that the sorcerer is using, the weapon. Like her stabs yeah. or scepters, yeah, yeah, yeah. even like though they're not the, touching uh, anything? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. The exertion uh, got, used like the, to the cast the oh, spell. Oh, okay, the exertion. <laughs> yeah. The like the elemental energy. wand. I don't know if you picked that one up. Yeah. But I feel like you, you get that pretty commonly. Scepter. It's pretty strong, but it has like a... Ten percent chance of breaking or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I wanted to touch on really quick is artifacts, um, which oh, kind yeah. of plays into evaluation okay. level. Which God, is yeah, that's another thing. Oh, God, an evaluation level. <laughs> uh, yeah. This this game has so many <laughs> systems. It's it's yeah. like very. It's separate from your hero value. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, very complex. Okay, so at the end of each uh, dungeon. 
after you beat the boss, you're usually given two treasure chests um, that have artifacts in them that have been, like, I don't know, lost or stolen from Odin or whatever happens to them. Uh, You're given a choice when you pick one up whether or not you want to send it to Valhalla or keep it. Um, Keeping it lowers your evaluation rating by five. Sending it increases your evaluation by one. The problem is from that menu where you pick them up, you have absolutely no idea what that (laughs) item is unless it's a piece of equipment. Then you can generally assume that it's useful. Um, But there are a lot of things that you can pick up that are only useful as transmutation items. Yes. Um, Okay. And some of those transmutation items are locked behind like a second level of transmutation. That's only, yeah, that's Uh, only accessible later on in the game. What? Yes. (laughs) Uh, Well, and also, okay. So keeping items, Mm -hmm. keeping artifacts for yourself lowers your evaluation level. Yes. Uh, if your level lowers to zero, you can lose the game. Yes, you get the. Freya just that's comes what and the says C. you're doing a shitty job. Yeah, that's the C <laughs> okay. ending. Freya says, "Hey, listen, uh, <laughs> you fucked up, and now we right. have to fight. And of course, you're going to lose because she's way overpowered. Um, and then there's just like an ending cutscene where uh, Freya and Odin are like, "Well, I guess we made a mistake. Uh, fire up the next Valkyrie." <laughs> Uh, but as long in my so the way that you get evaluation level back is by sending good Einheriar yes. to Valhalla. Uh, so I in my experience, you could just always keep all the artifacts, yeah. and then as long as you sent mm-hmm. a fully powered up candidate at the end, you would get all those points back. Yeah, it's it's weird, um, and maybe like we should we should take this as a kindness that they've done. But, like, yeah, there's actually no reason to ever send an artifact to Odin. As long as you are consciously playing the game, you actually have to work really hard at, like, getting the C ending. Yeah. And, well, so, Michael, you and I played on easy. James, what were you playing on? Normal. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe if you were playing on hard, I, I just, I don't, I don't know what would change that would make that system different yeah i i I can't imagine because it's not like the penalties for keeping artifacts change yeah um there are certain artifacts that there are probably it's not worth keeping but yeah although even those you can you can dump for points yeah that's true you can turn into mp materialized points (laughs) Um, there's a lot of abbreviations in this game yeah there really are there was a lot cp mp dme (laughs) yeah Mm-hmm. Matt, can I ask why you chose to play on easy? Oh, just because I was already anticipating having a lot of trouble with like the mobile controls and stuff, and I just I was too. That's ex- exactly <laughs> that, that's why I did it yeah. as well. Plus, um, like I I also kind of remembered that it was it didn't give you a lot of instruction on how all that stuff worked. And have you played this know. before? Well, I mean, I played the original on PlayStation. Yeah, um, Uncle okay. Steve let us borrow it, if yeah. I remember correctly. Okay. He had it. I didn't beat it at the time. 
I think I I remember getting to the end of the game on easy and then it suddenly being way too hard for me to play. Probably because we yeah. hadn't been doing the uh, the sending yeah. warrior right. stuff properly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like my expectations of this game were completely wrong. <laughs> um, like I was expecting just kind of like a traditional JRPG, get Ooh. swept up in the story, have some memorable character moments. Right. And it doesn't quite do much of any of that. Yeah. I felt like I felt like it was more akin to like Pokemon than like yeah. any of the Final Fantasy like series. Yeah. You get yeah, you just... find your characters randomly and you level them up and you do battle with them. Right. Yeah, that's, like a cycle. that's kind of a good comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is it's yeah, it has so many interesting little ways that it messes with the JRPG formula. Mm-hmm. I just wish that it could have like I don't know, focused a little bit and yeah. had like a few of them that were really well implemented. Instead yeah. of a lot that are kind of all over the place. Uh-huh. Um, and the last thing that is kind of a, a thing um, is event XP. Um, when you're in dungeons. Oh, God, that's right. <laughs> um, there are either if it's a dungeon that has like a specific gimmick to it. Um, like there's one where you have to push a bunch of statues onto glowing circles and that opens a door to the boss. Um, performing those actions will grant you event uh, experience points, but also just clearing a dungeon will as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, event experience is like just sort of a general pool that you can dump into your characters. Um, so either you're using it to uh, even out the difference between a new character that you want to start using and the rest of your party, or to bump up the skill points of a character that you want to send but you want them to meet the particular requirements. Yeah. Which is, it's kind of cool to have that flexibility. I agree. I usually kind of forgot that I had it kicking around. Like I'd go back and be like, wow, I have like a hundred thousand points in this. I probably spent some. I really only (laughs) ever dipped into it. Like I said, when I, when I had a character that I wanted to send, um, although even, even then later in the game, it becomes less and less necessary because character levels scale in normal to where you are so they'll start with a certain amount of skill points that you can just dump yeah um i feel like it's probably a mechanic that's more important in hard mode because uh, everyone yeah, starts at level one instead of oh. scaling uh so gotcha well here's quick interjection for that do you know at one point i noticed that one of my characters had 999 skill points mm-hmm. Because I just hadn't been spending them on him mm-hmm. yet. Do you yeah, know, is there a too. max value for that? That's what it is. Okay, so was he actually... Like, I was getting skill points and he wasn't, Ye- like, getting any more? Yeah, unfortunately. Probably. Um, that's shitty. That's And that's easy to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's definitely something they could have fixed in the port, too. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, essentially every time you go up in level, you get a certain amount of skill points to the maximum of 999. And Ugh. then you stop getting them. Yeah, so. I mean, why Damn. would you ever have more than that, Matt? <laughs> You're using them, right? Right? Am I? Do I need to? <laughs> yeah, and that's actually You're on top of it. kind of a, an issue that I ran into with my main party is there is just a certain point where like you don't need skill points anymore. Yeah. Um, like I never really ended up using any of the combat actions. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe that would have like made the game a little bit easier. Um, I mostly 
put them into like the passive uh, skills yeah. and then the stat boost. But once those are at full level, like what do you, what do, you do with them? Video. Yeah, let's graphics. talk about how it looks. Video. I love the, the way this game looks. It looks yeah. really good. I agree. Um, Me too. I think all the character design is really good. Um, the sprite work is really like beautiful and smooth. Um, yeah. I think particularly they do a really good job of integrating uh, 3D elements into like backgrounds or. Uh, like battle scenes and not have it look like jarring or weird in that way that if they, they can, you know, if, yeah. if it's poorly mixed. Right. When I remember like in the, in the original PlayStation game, whenever you came to animated elements in the levels, when you're walking around, mm -hmm. it would look, it would look really obvious. Like you could almost see the <laughs> box around the yeah. edges of like the video clip that they were overlaying on mm -hmm. the static background. It feels like they completely fixed that in this this re-release. Yeah, it's definitely. I didn't notice that happening there. at all. Mm -hmm. um, all of the uh, all of the like purified weird soul animations are like properly cool and flashy looking. Like they feel really good to get off, you know. Yeah. And th there's there's some little like uh, like warping and stretching effects on the sprites, or they'll like rotate or whatever, uh -huh. or like. I don't know. All, all that stuff feels really good. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I felt the whole game was very like cute looking. Yeah. Like I found, yeah. even though I've never played it, it was very nostalgic. Mm. Just like <laughs> kind of wandering around. Yeah. Yeah. With the pre-rendered backgrounds and such. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's definitely uh, emblematic of that that era of mm -hmm. like PlayStation graphics. Yeah. One thing that I did think was kind of weird um, that again is is not really addressed in the port is that there are so when you're walking around in dungeons uh, there are like sprites on in the dungeon that represents a group of enemies but mm -hmm. there is a generic enemy sprite that's like a yeah. black, black blobby guy but then there are also almost every other enemy has a unique enemy sprite so like yeah. There's, except for the mages, the mages also have a generic one, but like anytime you run into, uh, like the dragon, the, the blocking dragon guys, they have their own sprite. Uh, there's crab enemies that have their own sprite. Dragons have their own sprite. Like mm -hmm. all of these, I, I just don't know why they didn't just like go in on unique sprites and have them be like, unless it was hard to animate or something. I don't know. 
in, right. Like but, in the original but, game, you could assume that like maybe they were trying to conserve on space or whatever. Right. But those sprites already exist in the game too, so it's not like they would have to, they'd only have to be drawing like extra movement animations. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just yeah. like a weird oversight. It's not an issue. It's just like strange. It is strange. I do wonder what led to that decision. This is uh, just I, a, a a preference thing for me, but I turned off the character portraits. Oh, interesting. Because oh, yeah. they're like, you know, nice to look at, but I found them to take to take away from the nostalgia for me. Like, I love mm. the pixel art so much uh-huh. to see, like, every single character in a different uh, emotional state every single time they spoke. So I had them turned off. Interesting. Oh, okay. <laughs> I really like the That's character portrait work in this game. Um, they do. There's only a couple of times I think where like the the facial expressions don't really match what's going on in the <laughs> game, but like for the yeah. most part, uh-huh. they do a pretty good job of uh, accurately portraying emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I I'll be honest. I don't really like the new. CG cutscenes. They're not yeah, bad. Yeah, it's fine with the anime I just, ones. Like, it doesn't doesn't really do anything for the game, you know? Mm-hmm. Except oh, like we put it's it's like a thing you can put on the back of the box, like Yeah. Hey, look, we put these new cutscenes in. Which almost seems like an old thing. Like who cares if you put CG cutscenes <laughs> in your game? You know, like maybe when right. that was like a new thing that was a yeah. big deal that you could show off about, but now well, that. I mean, the remake came out in 2006, so... Oh, man. Okay, well, that's fair. Wait, so this is 14 years old now? Yeah. Is that what that means? Yeah, I mean, the mobile Good phone God. version came out <laughs> two years ago, but the, the remake is 2006. Okay. So. Huh. So, I don't know. I mean, still, they just, like, they don't... They didn't age well, you know, in the way that, like, 3D graphics never ages well. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the animated, the hand-drawn animation looks better, will always look mm-hmm. better, you know, in uh, in my opinion. Yeah. So. Did you guys have any uh, technical issues with video? No, I no. didn't. I Everything? had some, some severe frame drops whenever I was going up or down stairs. Really? Really. Like, huh. like inclines. Interesting. I don't know why. Huh. It never really, like, you know, was a hindrance, but it was just something I noticed. Interesting. Because yeah. I know that um, the original PlayStation version, since it is, like, an end-of-the-generation game, it is very, like, system resource-intensive for the, the PlayStation mm-hmm. itself. Um, mm-hmm. So it chugs a little bit when you're basically doing anything. <laughs> There's yeah. just, like, a lot of, <laughs> you know, graphical elements. But I didn't have that issue, really, with the PSP. Okay. Um, so yeah, everything ran pretty smoothly for me. Interesting. Um, how about the audio? Uh, I also really like the audio. Yeah. I think the music's really good for this game. Um, I, I will admit that since this is a nostalgic game for, for me, like it's hard for me to separate that from like yeah objectively whether the music is good or not but, <laughs> um so it's it's composed by uh motoy sakabura nailed um, it <laughs> he uh does a lot of composition with 
Tri-Ace. Um, he's also done the soundtrack for a lot of the Tales games, uh, all of the Star Ocean games, Golden Sun, um, and he did some of the boss battle themes from Dark Souls. Yeah. Um, he, he has a very distinct sort of style, and I think this, uh, this game does really, the music in it does a really good job of sort of like typifying that style. It's kind of a mix between these sort of like dramatic, sort of big sounding sort of orchestral compositions, um, mm-hmm. and then also kind of like more Castlevania tinged kind of like progressive rock kind of yeah, yeah like kind of gothy organ and that's kind of far yeah. yeah um i think i think they work really really well um in the yeah. game specifically it's really interesting how like reverby everything is like it sounds like I, I know that most of the instruments are probably synthesized but like it sounds like they recorded the whole soundtrack in like a cathedral or something it has that very big sort of echoey sound to it yeah Uh, especially like on the drum tracks and a lot of like the uh i don't know just the 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 effect of the music in general sounds very reverby yeah it does Uh, what about the voice acting Uh, yeah it's fine it it is fine (laughs) i feel like it's it's Mm. it's unnecessary like well, I, I agree. I like That's it, a good word for but, it. Yeah. So here's the weird thing is I can never figure out why there's voice acting, where there's voice acting, or why yes. they're using voice acting yeah, I... and not in a scene. So like <laughs> there are parts of so like extra voice acting was something that was added in for the re releases, which is good, but there's still okay. it's not completely voice acted. So there'll be no. parts nope. in a scene where like a character is like, ah, I can't do this thing. And then, like, there'll just be a dialogue box. And then the next part will be voice acted. And then it'll, like, cut to black. And then have, like, like text over a black background that's voice acted. And then they'll cut back to the scene. And then there's just another text box. Yeah, there's, like, no consistency yeah. to how that's presented. And a lot of times they'll repeat things too, yeah. which really is weird to me. So like you'll have your initial uh, cut scene where you're, you're on the world map and you're trying to find the next place to go to. Mm-hmm. This is the, this is the bit that Michael was missing out yeah, on. I yeah. Missed that uh, part. Yeah. So you'll hear a character say something that's voice acted uh-huh. and then you will go to that city and their whole, you know, story will play out in the course of that story you will see a text box that that voice acting is from, but this but time there is no voice acting. You just have to acting. read it. And yeah, then maybe like if you're, if you're doing the, the mermaid story, uh, by the end of it, you get to see that same scene just again, verbatim, but with like a sepia filter over it. Cause it's like a flashback to that thing that you just saw two minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, so like how many oh, we'll times do we have flashbacks. to hear this guy like you know walk to the seaside and say this quote yeah I feel like I mean like <laughs> oh man <laughs> Arngrim's portion of the, the game at the very beginning like her, his and Jolanda's scene are obviously the most well developed because they're at the yeah. beginning of the game yeah uh, but they do that a lot in both of theirs is they do a lot of like flashback or like replay of voice lines 
Yeah. And I, like a lot. <laughs> I assume that it's supposed to be like for dramatic effect. One one of those things, things that this game kind of evokes, at least for me, is the the feeling of like kind of like an art game. Like obviously they were trying to make something a little bit more cinematic and a little bit more artistic. So that's why you have these sort of strange, like, chopped up presentation of, like, the character stories. But the the inconsistency in the voice acting is really weird. Yeah. I I noticed, I watched the, the prologue before you start mm-hmm. a new game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had all the settings just turned on. Mm-hmm. Just from that prologue, I was like, nope, I am turning off the voice <laughs> acting. I can't do this. Like, uh-huh. just in the opening prologue, there's already somebody screaming no as, like, the camera ascends into the heavens. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not doing this. Uh-huh. I can't do this. Um, and they, there are several screams of no oh, yeah. just in the seven hours of gameplay that I Yes, definitely. Well, I mean, I don't think it's giving any, anything away to say that you're generally focusing on people dying or about to die. So, <laughs> True. yeah, that is a, that is a recurrent uh, <laughs> motif. And yeah. It, and, like they made the weird choice to um, have adult Lenith and adult Lucian's voice actors also uh, voice adult or kid Lucian and uh, Platina, which is uh-huh. strange okay. because they're definitely kids. And they're, it's right. not even like they're putting on a childish affect. They're just like, <laughs> these are my, <laughs> these are my lines now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I am 10 years old. and <laughs> right? I speak this way. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, there is a weird sort of like, I don't know if this is also maybe nostalgia, but the the sort of odd stilted way that people God, like yeah. like say their dialogue lines also kind of works for me in the game, like oh, really? at least from some characters. So like people like uh, Lenith or like Freya, I guess is actually kind of emotive, but yeah. like. Lenneth's dialogue really works for me, I think, because she's specifically supposed to be, like, kind of alien. Yes. Um, but everybody else, like, it's very clear. I think this is something we've touched on a lot in these early voice acting <laughs> games. But, like, it's obvious that they just sat down with a dialogue sheet and were like, okay. Yeah, do yeah this now take? say this line. <laughs> cool, we're done. And, it's true. And especially, actually, like, with Freya's lines in the uh the sacred phase when she's doing the wrap-up it's mm-hmm. very very obvious that she's got like five different lines that she's recorded her voice actor um <laughs> yeah. for like various different contingencies so she'll be like the results of the last chapter you've done marvelous <laughs> okay or like uh-huh. We're very close to losing the war, but there's like this obvious pause in between. It's not like they're doing any work to make it flow seamlessly. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, there are a couple of notable, uh, Lennis, uh, voice actress is pretty well known. She's done some other stuff. Uh, the, I don't know if you caught, caught it, Matt, but the, uh, voice actor mm-hmm. for Lawfer, um, is the same one that does Ash in Pokemon. Yeah, I kind of figured he, he is is that a woman voice actor too? Ooh, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I feel like that's a common thing to do. But yeah, it's that it's that like really common like this is the way that an anime <laughs> boy hero talks. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> and also notably a lot of the voice actors do double or triple duty, so 
Yeah. I, I didn't notice it, like, really bad, but I have, like, in looking, doing research, noticed that a lot of the voice actors are uh, uh, credited for multiple characters. Yeah. So, when the screen, like, when you're watching a story bit, mm-hmm. and the screen switches to black with, like, the white, slow, mm-hmm. scrolling text, yeah. is there voiceover during that section? Sometimes. Sometimes. Mostly, okay. Because yes. <laughs> I had the voice the voices turned off yeah and i couldn't i could not make the text scroll yeah and right, i had yeah. and i had and i had the text speed set to the fastest setting uh-huh. yeah, no, from the too. beginning <laughs> yeah. and i was like oh my it's god bad. i'm just sitting here i'm just sitting here <laughs> watching this i don't uh-huh. care yeah. yeah it's pretty bad <laughs> do we before we move on to more story stuff uh is there any any track that particularly stands out as favorite like I feel like the the two sort of concentration background musics when she's looking for stuff. Yeah, yeah like those i like those a lot uh and there's also one particular one that they use a lot when they have an opening shot in a like a big city or religious mm-hmm. uh setting that has like some nice choral stuff oh, right in the beginning yeah the one that's like <laughs> i'm sure i can no. very it. ethereal oh. <laughs> okay uh but yeah there i don't know there's definitely a few little bit of the music that i i really liked in this game i don't know yeah. do you guys have favorite tracks again for me like since it's all very nostalgic like it's hard for me to separate everything like i'm so this like whenever i played this game last like the music became so ingrained <laughs> in my brain that it's hard for me to like separate everything sounds so familiar um oh, yeah. i think the overworld theme is really good traditional yeah. battle theme uh remind me a lot of the battle theme from ff9 mm. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. There's, there's like certain like drum uh-huh. drum rhythms in the background that kind of felt the same 
the the drums specifically in this game have a more like acoustic studio feel to them. I don't know if that's because of like the reverb, yeah. Effect, but they feel less like synthy than uh, like drum tracks from this era of video games usually sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think this is a really good example. Yeah, me too. I would. I I do listen to it occasionally. Yeah, definitely. Me too. You have reached the end of the first part of a two-part episode on Valkyrie Profile. First of all, thank you for tuning in and listening. As always, you can find us on our various social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Tumblr. Uh, You can find the podcast at Games These Days um, on Spotify as well as CastBox. Um, And as always, we are working on a website uh, next part episode will be our long form discussion on story and wrap up thoughts. Thanks for joining us.